you ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd Sunday, you know what that means. It's a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything, because as the title says, it is all in canon. What a wonderful day, what a long weekend here in Canada. We are your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Phil. How's it going out there on this lovely long weekend? And, that's right, there's an and here, because he's back, the one, the only, the Tyler. Oh, I'm not dead, although they tried for a bit there. Damn you, Kyle. Kyle tried Kyle. it. Kyle. <laughs> <sighs> it's now responding to my Facebook messages again. He's gone off the grid. I love it. I love it. He, he, he comes and goes. I have, I have a lot of people like that. It's so funny. He's an outdoor cat. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> an outdoor cat. All right, guys. We have a lot to get through. So what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the huge AT&T, Warner Media, Discovery News. We're going to be talking about Dave Filoni and his old, new, new, old role at Disney. Uh, we're going to be talking about the world returning to normal, live events, and whatnot. We're going to be talking about crypto, because apparently we're the crypto podcast now. We're going to be talking about collecting NFTs, Apple v. Epic, Netflix into gaming. We have some more news there. We're going to be talking about microtransactions in real life, because that's a thing. Thanks, Disney. And we're going to be talking about spoilers in general, but we're not going to be giving you any spoilers. We're just going to be talking about this weird world we live in where spoilers are a thing of the normal. How does that sound, guys? Sounds good to me. It's a jam-packed episode. Yeah, I know drink. <laughs> That's how it's been recently. It's crazy how much we get through in 90 minutes. I mean, there's so much news in the world. Yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. But... Before we go there, there's a couple things we need to take care of off the top. Number one, we didn't have a midweek episode. Real life happens sometimes. Shitty stuff happens sometimes, and we just really weren't able to record. So this week, we will be coming to you with a midweek episode. We'll probably be extra big, extra long, and we're talking about the episode, not other stuff. And as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh, dear God. Um... Yeah, so we have a midweek episode this week. Uh, we're going to be giving you all of the reviews from comics to video games to TV shows to Bad Batch. We have so much to talk about because we had a lot to talk about last week. Double it now. So we'll see what happens there. Um, also, Tyler, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's been I I don't know how much I have not been as diligent keeping up with the podcast as I would have liked. Um because the like the world went screwy for a while there between yep. infinite lockdowns and putting in my two week notice of the day job and buying a house and getting my vaccine and signing two book deals. It's been it's been insane. That's awesome. Congrats again it's on the house. Congrats insane. on the deals. Congrats on all the positivity coming out of such a weird negative time, right? Oh yeah. It's just been one of those times where I had to message Boris and Phil and be like, I, I by the time we got to Sundays, I was usually I'd wake up at, at seven, have breakfast and a pot of coffee, and go back to bed by nine. Like it was just like at nine AM I'd just be back in bed for three more hours. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. but you're back. Crazy out there. At least for a little I'm bit. Back. For now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to warn people, the Tyler stands out there. I don't know why. Sorry, oh, two I of just got distracted by my lighting. Yeah, I know. Look, there's like <laughs> the one guy and the one person who hate watches to send me hate mail. Todd um, from Tennessee. Todd. Uh, yeah. So we are moving, uh, changing provinces in the near future. So I'll disappear. During the move, probably because moving. Yeah, 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 and, and during a pandemic, no less. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, there's a possibility that we will move into our house, have no belongings, and not be allowed to leave for two weeks. Sounds about right. Sounds about so. right. But it's, right now seems to be the time for a lot of people to be moving because I've been looking for a place for a while. I'm still in the dungeon for the longest time. I just really didn't care about where I lived because I was never home. So it was never really a thing. But now that I've been home for, what, 14, 15 months, it's uh, time to look for something because I'll probably be around a little longer. And even then, when we do get back to traveling, who knows how much I'll be traveling. Um, but there seems to be this, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, bullshit story bullshit uh um a narrative that rent and whatnot is cheaper in toronto on paper it's cheaper so this is what's happened a couple of times i've looked at places beautiful super cheap places that i've seen before that would be like 2k plus mm-hmm. now they're being listed at like 17 1600 i'm like okay mm-hmm. cool Put in all the paperwork, um, you know, wait for the okay. And what ends up happening is you get the landlord calling you or his real estate agent saying, there seems to be a lot of people wanting this place. How much are you willing to pay? And we end up in an in a bidding war. And I know as a fact, two places that I've seen, the rent was actually higher than the original listing price from about 15 months ago. Hill, that's bullcrap. <laughs> so I'm a little bit rusty on my landlord tenant law in Ontario, but I think this is illegal. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. I mean, yeah, I mean, that being said, you know, there's a, a larger story that's been going on in the pandemic of what happens when rules exist and there's no enforcement mechanism anymore. Exactly. And anyone who works day job that still requires them to go in is probably seen countless problems over this. And it's just like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. That's that. even, been... even when you wind it back on that front about the whole sick time thing during a pandemic and yep. how that's become such a political hot potato. 
and I, nothing surprises me anymore. It just seems like employers could be really crappy to their people. And as well, I'm not shocked at all that the housing market or the real estate end of it follows suit because exactly that, who's going to catch them and who's actually going to enforce it? Yeah. yeah I mean, the lo- the government here in Ontario cut a bunch of the jobs for people who do ministry of labor and ministry of employment and ministry and uh, ministry of housing stuff all got people cuts. So there's just fewer people to enforce the rules. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what is being enforced, it's almost taking forever to get through, right? Like it's, it's kind of like oh, the hospital yeah. backlog, you know, let yeah. me tell you this week, I've seen the hospital backlog firsthand and it's not fun. Like, so, you know, oh, those God. people who keep saying, but COVID isn't deadly. People aren't dying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's the system is crumbling underneath us. Phil, you know, this firsthand as well. Yeah. You know what? Like I've, I've had a couple health issues during this whole pandemic and it's made a lot of treatment really difficult and it's, it's exaggerated problems to become more serious that maybe would be caught with a routine checkup and access to that was denied so problems expanded into bigger problems like small problems became bigger problems and that's that's really where the suffering is happening from what i've seen beyond the standard oh guess what your surgery is not happening because basically we don't have the capacity to do it yeah, that type of thing. I've seen friends that have missed surgeries and things like that, right? And it's just, it's maddening. Yeah, it's maddening and it's but, frustrating, right? Especially when you get the narrative from people who say this is all bullshit. It's like if someone in your family or yourself or someone that you actually give a shit about, clearly you don't give a shit about anyone because you know, I, you know, it's it's it seems to be all about me. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that until it affects you you don't really realize the the effect that it's having yeah and it hits hard like honestly yeah. it's um it, i i don't even get angry at the people i know that you have the the bitterness towards i don't even get angry at them i'm angry at it all if that makes sense yeah. i i i'm really just perturbed by the whole reaction and understanding like hindsight's always 2020 i get that but there is a part of me that just gets frustrated with it because you see the government react to the first wave of the pandemic by basically shutting down all the doctor's offices yeah and forbidding their their forbidding them from doing their job yeah. like telling them that you can't see any public people out of fear i get it you don't know exactly what you're dealing with but that initial wave basically had repercussions all the way through this pandemic yeah. because then it meant that the backlog was forced. There was like a three month backlog for every doctor to get patients and to reschedule and to do that. And three months in certain situations can cost a lot. Like I've, I have, you know, a little bit of reduced vision in one eye because I couldn't get in to see the doctor. I was supposed to see him in March and I ended up seeing him in November with yeah. the repercussion. Yeah. Anyways, so, frustrating. That, it's frustrating. It is what it is and you know, hopefully there will be a lessons learned and there will be, but nothing's going to change because, you know, we're going to we're going to forget about this. Yeah, um, we had we had all the warning. 
we had a system set up and they were like, ah, we'll just dismantle this. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst? The famous last words. All right, guys. Well, it's been a while. Phil, how are you? I'm doing well. It's, you know, long weekend. I I got some new music this week that was very unexpected. I know we don't talk about music on here, but yeah, the hip dropped a new album and young gourd like and and groovy hip so i'm 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 happy with that (laughs) lots of tv as we'll talk about later in the week i've i caught up on a lot of tv yeah (laughs) so i've been watching a lot as well it's funny a lot of really bad stuff stuff that you wouldn't expect me to watch but here i am um anything else you and that uh resident evil game holy cow uh yeah i finished it (laughs) Nice. <laughs> I'm not surprised with how many hours you put in. Not many. Ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it looked like you were always on. <laughs> I was like, just that. Just hey. that night. Couple hours every night. Cool. Yeah. Um. Anything else, Phil? I don't think so. Your think hot sauce. Talk news. about your hot sauce experience. Oh. God. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh. I watch hot ones. We talk about that on here. And there was a, a Thunder Bay sauce that always piqued my interest. It, it has pineapple in it. Pineapple habanero. It's called Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And I went on Amazon, and sure enough, they have, like, this three-pack of hot ones. They were all in different seasons by this company. So I was like, 30 bucks and two-day shipping, which you don't really see that that often out of Amazon lately. It's like a week shipping under prime so i was like hey you know what i i could make this weekend pretty interesting so i ordered it up and i did my research after i put the order in because i was just wanting to know what the actual scale of the hot sauces is on that show like i've tried mild ones like sriracha and i wanted to know you know where it places where where is the heat calendar knowing that the top of it is truly insane yeah. So these are all sixes and you know one the hottest one is a six and it's called scorpion. It's made with the Trinidad scorpion pepper. I've never had that before. I can tell you I tried the first two sauces and they felt hot to me. And then I tried the scorpion sauce. And that was it wasn't unpalatably hot. This is the funny thing. It actually has a flavor profile. So I found it was interesting because I liked the flavor. I I didn't mind the heat as much as once I acclimatized to it. And then the other two feel like candy now. Yeah. Like it literally became a joke because I'm like, what I would put a dab of hot sauce on a wing and go, oh, that's hot. All of a sudden I was like, well, I can just squirt half this bottle on the chicken wing and it won't bug me at all. But we'll yeah. find out today if that's true. I was going to say, how <laughs> how did phase two go (laughs) well i can tell you this much i can smell the heat oh no (laughs) so it's um it it went very quickly but i think there's more so that's you hanging on that because there yeah it's not going to be fun (laughs) emergency hiatus emergency intermission partway through today Um, it wouldn't be the first time (laughs) Tyler, it's actually hilarious that you're back because Phil has finally realized the one thing in all of geek culture that I actually hate. The one thing I have oh, zero no. time for. Phil, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Modoc. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Tyler knows how, like, how completely uh, just adamant. I just yeah. loathe this character. It's a weird character. It, it's what? a it's a bananas character. <laughs> the funny. Have you seen the Bodoc show on Disney Plus, Tyler? Two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I think I think it's pretty funny because it's like Robot Chicken and it's made by Seth Green. Yeah, yeah it's Seth Green and Patton Oswald. Yeah, yep. like, and I'm like, uh, nope, I'm, don't give a shit. Don't even tell. Don't even a, put it into my chat because I want no mention of Modoc. I find it like it's funny in the in that it's parodying like Marvel hard, right? And it yeah. is Marvel. So I, you know, in that loose way, it's not you know canon, but. It's kind of a nice break from Marvel taking itself so seriously. And it's got that kind of appealing humor that just, you know, I get it. If you don't like Deadpool or you don't like, you know, that sarcastic, whippy type humor, it could be a turnoff of a show for sure. But Patton Oswalt is doing some good work on it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we have the three, like the three, like the three were a, um, Oh my god, word the words left me. We have we have me in the middle of like, ah, it's okay. And Boris yeah. is like, I load this and feels like it's great. Yeah. It's just funny. It's half an hour of mindless TV yeah. that has borrowings from, you know, Iron Man's in the first episode. And it just made me laugh because he steals his boot. And that's and a success. Like, yeah, and he's like worshiping this boot. Like, oh my god, I've got his boot. Why his he wife, he makes his wife sleep on the bed so he could have a conjugal night with Iron Man's boot. That was pretty it's funny. Just, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I laughed about. It's, I, just... I compare it to Lower Decks because it's like that's the same kind of market it's after, and it's yeah. a lot better than Lower Decks. Yes, hundred percent. The infamous Lower Decks, <laughs> right? Maybe you know what, what we we'll do. We still get feedback about those episodes. Sure. FYI. Why not? Are they like, actually, you didn't understand it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do not understand the depths of yep. Lower Decks? Yep. It's similar it's to ac- what, when people find out that I hate Rick and Morty. Um, you know, I'm too stupid oh, to like it. Look, and I don't, I, I largely enjoy Rick and Morty, but anyone who's like, bye, you're dumb if you don't get it, is a moron. Yeah. It's like someone who watches Idiocracy and thinks it's actually pro-eugenics. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, guys, it's obviously actually, actually a critique of capitalism. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Maybe... Our... Ma- yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, maybe maybe we should do a review of MODOK for the 12 Days of Christmas. <laughs> fun with that. You guys Twelve days go nuts. Of, tw- 12 Days of Julymus. Yeah. Twelve days of Boris is not giving a shit. Is it a full twelve episodes? I don't know what the season run is like. I only saw the one episode the other night, so I think it's ten. Oh, there we go. We get ten episodes, and we get two to play around with. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I thought happen. that was why we chose lower decks, right? Yeah, it was that's like that one hundred percent sweet why. spot. Yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted to bring up, but I absolutely forgot doesn't matter tyler new yeah. house new stuff yep. new book yep. deals congrats I can't talk how's about your them week yet. been yeah i don't want to talk about them but how's everything else Good. going uh 
I mean, it's been bananas good. Um, the day job has been weird, but good. Um, we hired a new manager. Um, that I say he's a good kid, and I say kid because anyone who's younger than 25 to me is a kid now because I'm 80. And I think he's 25, so, like, I have no right to say this. But that's just how I... Tr- I everyone is a kid now. Yeah. I'm yeah. just old before my time. Yep. But no, he's you've got really good been for a, it. You've always been an yeah. old man. Now that you actually, like, are getting old, it's just, like, even funnier. 100%. But yeah, we stole you... him from EB Games, and he's really good at his job. And I'm good. very happy, because hiring someone good to replace you makes you look good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. what are you any anything you want to talk about in terms of what you're playing, what you're watching? I know we're gonna get to this on Wednesday, but uh, yeah. anything you wanna wanna sneak peek? I got I got two on? I got two things to do real quick on that one. Um, I don't know if either of you two have looked at Returnal yet, but I've gotten all of the endings. Ooh. <laughs> When you like a game, you love a game. I love it. That I know of, because this the company behind it is notorious for hiding more. But I, despite despite a glitch that has locked me out of certain content. Wow. Um, no, it's a solid game. It's, the biggest thing is, is, you know, if you have like an hour, hour and a half to play, and you're like, I'm just going to do a run. It's yeah. a very, like, it's easy to compartmentalize that. And then, because someone screwed up at shipping... I got Biomutant yesterday, mm. three or four days early, and I installed it and played a bunch this morning. And it's... <laughs> this is a weird take. It's, it's pretty good so far. It takes a really long time to get going. Yeah. Like, I'm still being introduced to new concepts and content in the game at, like, wow. the three-hour mark. And it's wow. like, hey maybe unlock dual wielding and i'm like I, what do i have to unlock yet and <laughs> yeah. two i really hope there's a day one patch oh yeah. there are a few really clunky things that i'm sitting there like oh if this doesn't if this isn't day one patch and i still have the review copy yeah i'm gonna be surprised because there's a couple yeah. of clunky things oh yeah 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 it's funny, when you said that you got it early, I didn't even think of that, that the day one patch isn't even available to you yet. Oh. Yeah, there was a patch, but again, I'm guessing it was the reviewer Revealed patch. To review, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's weird, because it's very much like they took Breath of the Wild and Devil May Cry and, like... A weird late 90s game. Remember in late 90s games where every once in a while it would be like, oh, we have like these 12 mini games. Yes. And none of them could be a full game on their own, but all of them are surprising good. Like how like all the Final Fantasies from like 7 till 7 till 9 had card games and then Ted had Blitzball. Yeah. And it was like, is this whole other like, it's not a full game. Yeah, extra game there, and that's a little bit of this game, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, you get a mech now, and it has different controls and equipment than the rest of your stuff. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's... I enjoy it, but I don't know if I recommend it yet, which is a weird position to be in after three or four hours and beating the first boss. Yeah. 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 It's got the... 
It sounds like it has the capacity to go sideways. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. That's what's irking you, is that you think there's a good game in there, but they could easily yep. ruin it. Yeah. I, I think a game like that was, for me, was near Automata. Oh, 100%. One yeah. of those, yeah. Yeah, because there was just choices that they made where I was just like, this doesn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. And then there were things that they did, and I'm like, this game's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the biggest two things right now that I'm concerned about are I appear to have a level 15 level cap, and I'm at level 11. Oh, so yeah. I'm a little bit of like, I hope that's a patch. I hope there's more content other than just you get to level 15, and that's the rest of the game. Yeah, that would um, be uh, shitty. Yeah, and the other one is... So combat is very Devil May Cry meets Breath of the Wild, in that like you have combos and stuff and you're whipping around and you're switching between guns and all this other stuff in like a more breath of the wild kind of take on it. And it just feels a little bit loose sometimes still. And there are times when no matter how good you are, it feels like you can't dodge an attack and then you just spam heal. And that just, I don't think it's what they were going for. And I'm, I'm hoping day one patch Tightens up combat a smidge and adjusts some stuff. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, combat is an interesting thing because, you know, we've been seeing this for a while for a lot of big releases like Cyberpunk and all that, where I think <laughs> that games are trying to be unique and create their own combat system that it just becomes this like huge monster that, you know, they need to perfect after day one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that this combat system could be really interesting because it 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 almost reminds me of Jade Empire. Oh yeah, in that like you're unlocking a bunch of different stuff and you have all these things that interact in surprisingly deep ways, and then like based upon your choices, you lock out different like abilities and weapons and stuff. So yeah. I hear you. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. It's very- uh, sorry, as far as Returnal, that game <sighs> interests me. However, I've decided, and I'm sticking to my guns, I'm not buying it until there's a sale. <laughs> Just because I think these roguelike mm-hmm. things are really annoying to me, but everything else about that game, the genre, like the actual uh, uh, being an outer space type game, mm-hmm the horror element and the graphics all appeal to me. Yeah, it is the least frustrating roguelike I've ever played for oh. its roguelike side. Okay, um, great. The, the optimization paths combined with the learning curve make it so you don't feel like a run has been entirely... It's very hard to feel like a run's been entirely scrubbed because of, right. like, too early on mistakes. Hmm. Sometimes you're like, oh, I have to change my playstyle a bit because of these two things I got early on. And then you just you just change your playstyle a little bit. You're like, oh, I guess I'm going melee heavy this time. And you just are able to do it and it works. Interesting. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's a game I'm gonna like, but ninety dollars seems yeah. really steep. Yeah. That, I, that's the biggest like ugh for me. Yeah, I will say it feels like the first PS5 game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the the it uses the tension control thing and the triggers super well. 
it uses the vibration in like the the haptic feedback thing better than anything I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and then the graphics are bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I keep on seeing reviews on YouTube and whatnot, and thinking, man, this game's really got something as far as the style. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I'm excited. Come on, get it on sale, please. <laughs> Memorial Day, there's always a sale for stuff. We'll see what mm-hmm. they yeah. with this week. Good point. All right, so half an hour in, I guess we might as well start talking about the news because we have a lot to get through. Um, so we're going to start with probably the biggest news of the week, depending on what side of the fence you are. But regardless, this is huge in terms of just media in general. Um, so it's funny because last week... Uh, we were talking in our internal chat about Disney and kind of like, you know, new CEO. We talked about this on the show last week and what this means and, you know, the ramifications of this. And and as we were kind of chatting about it on our chat, I basically just said, you know, I've been hearing and seeing some rumblings. I bet you AT&T is going to be a bigger shit show in a, few, in a little bit. I forget how I worded it, but I basically just like set it up. And then literally the next day we got news that AT&T announced a change in direction. It's reached yep. an agreement to spin off Warner Media, the conglomerate of Warner Brothers, HBO, CNN, DC Comics, and more into a new company to be merged with Discovery. While Discovery's roster, cooking channel, travel, food network is a lot less exciting than Batman, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, the company combined brings mega powers. This is Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage turning into the mega bu- the mega powers. Like this is actually bananas. This is huge. Um, you know, it's combination of bulking up both sides of the business, creating a more compelling direct to consumer offering for HBO Max or Discovery Plus. Uh, that is a direct quote from Neil Macker, an equity analyst at Morningstar. So essentially what this does is, you know, AT&T is a cell phone company. At the core of it, they're a cell phone company. They treat all of their divisions like a tech company. You can't really do that with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, there's a certain way to run an entertainment company. And Warner Brothers, clearly, you know, because of stuff like this, the entire DC everything from their movies mm-hmm. to their comics, everything. It's been, you know, and, and, and let's not even begin to talk about the Snyder Cut and everything that's happened before and after the release of that, you know, it, it's been a frustrating time to be part of the Warner Brothers umbrella and the branch of AT&T. So this kind of opens them up. Now they get to actually be an entertainment company again. So in that sense, I see this as a huge positive. Um, you know, I, this is going to be interesting because you know that at this point they are gunning for Disney Plus. You know, everything seems to be all about the streaming networks and you know what the streaming options are going to be. So for me, this is more of a of a you know a hit on Disney and Disney Plus. Uh, so what do you guys think? Uh, we're going to start with Tyler. It's fascinating. I I think you're nail on the head with AT&T tried to run like a tech company. I'm surprised they're going with Discovery and everything I'm reading is saying that it's going to be reality TV heavy. Yeah. 
which is a take. That's yep. a decision you can make. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't For know. me, you know, I don't know. Paramount, CBS, Viacom, whatever you want to call them. For me, like sounds like the better option for them but you know it's cbs viacom like let's be realistic those negotiations would probably be near half impossible so discovery kind of being like the underlier of all of the companies that are still kind of trying to gain um momentum makes sense at the end of the day i feel like warner brothers just took wanted anyone to be an entertainment company company again and i'm interested to see how this is going to directly impact their movies their comic books and things like that it's interesting too because in the new corporate structure entity the discovery ceo will actually be the ceo of this new company yeah. he's going to be maintaining the job the head job and the existing ceo of warner actually his contract is up and they're not doing a renegotiation on it so it's i think it's due up in two years something like that so the 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 prevalent thinking or at least the speculation on the market in the market is that the the discovery guy is going to keep on doing the job and he is yeah he is the kind of guy that again puts creatives in charge of things he trusts his people to make their show the best show that it can be and puts doesn't focus in on the business stuff as much like we talked about with Disney last week and the changes that are going on there where it seems to be reversed of this where you know I know Iger isn't really the most creative driven guy but apparently he was an enabler in that kind of idea but it'll be interesting because if you're telling me that more creative people get to control the DC universe and it doesn't get you know, brought in on a corporate table and chopped up each time, like we see, like we see with some of the stuff right now. It could be good for DC fans, and yeah, it's coming right for Disney. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, regardless. Like, um, you know, we we have very minimal details right now. This is literally just an announcement that was released on Monday, and analysts have been going crazy since. But um, you know, this at least puts. DC, Warner Brothers, whatever you want to call them, in a better position. Like, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. still going on, a lot of questions still to be asked. And, you know, there's that little, you know, that 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 thing that started it at all, the comics division, that seems to be kind of like in this flux situation, right? Like, it's just, it just seems weird. And hopefully, you know, this will clarify some of those reports that, um, well, that that AT and T was going to close down DC Comics and bullshit like that. Well, I mean, also, oh, sorry, I'm I just going to put in real quick. Yeah. There's also big questions around uh, the video game division because they've said mm. yesterday they came out and made some kind of statement that it's not all going to go in that deal. Mm. So there's still AT and T or some vestige of of this corporate entity is still going to be controlling some of these video game companies that they have control over. So it's not clear on that front. Well, that's exactly it. That's the other part of it. Sorry, Tyler. (laughs) Go ahead. I was just saying, saying, that's a bananas thing. Let's sell over the IP that makes the video games worth money. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get rid of that. Like, I mean, DC's video games 
have overperformed compared to a lot of the other stuff DC's been doing yeah. lately. Surprise! The Batman games were legitimately good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Harry Potter yeah. game, you know, is going to be an absolute success. Uh, yeah, look, it could be the shittiest game ever, and it would still like. You could, they could, they could just just have a kludge eighty gig file that doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's just stills, and they would just be like, "Yes, we've made three billion dollars. Yeah. Whatever." Exactly. Say, you know, people always forget that WB Warner Brothers games put money into Cyberpunk 2077. So, like, they they have arms in, in, in so many yeah. pies and kitchens right now. It's just crazy. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where that ends up. Well, especially if they have, like, an exclusive ongoing license for 10 years or something like that for the video game division to do DC. Yeah. Or more likely a non-exclusive license if they get, like, we have these games in the pipeline already, so we get... We, these games get a finish, which I imagine is part of it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they'll negotiate something of, like, these games will finish, you'll get 2%, we'll get 6 Yep. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how all of this pans out. But, yeah, you know, we'll see. AT&T, Disney, everyone seems to be making moves right now. Um, Disney... This week, clarified something and got the internet a buzzin' when they updated their website and they made Dave Filoni the executive producer, executive creative director at Lucas Films. The internet went nuts thinking that this was something new, but a lot of people reached out and Disney actually sent a press release saying that this is something that has actually been in place for quite some time now. I was doing air quotes when I said quite some time now. Um, Dave has been serving as executive producer, executive creative director at Lucasfilm for quite some time now. A Lucasfilm spokesperson said, we simply updated our website. Nothing has changed with its current and future projects. He is busier than ever in a galaxy far, far away. God bless you PR people. God bless with that last line. Um, but yeah, no surprise. I think this is one of the the most non-surprising things. We've talked about it so often that this is probably the right move. But, so that's the news. Now, the discussion. Do you think <laughs> that Lucasfilm on purposely said that this has been in place for a long, long time because there seems to be more and more shaky grounds under Kathleen Kennedy's feet? Uh, I'll... I'll say this right up front like when they say it's been here for a long long time we're talking about i think they instituted it last december yeah that's what i'm assuming. so it's yeah it's only been like realistically less than half a year that he's occupied this space but i think that it was a space that almost all star wars fans are very happy with because i think kathleen kennedy is an excellent producer and that doesn't mean that she necessarily makes the best creative choices as far as that goes. So having someone like Dave who just had such a great proximity to George and was really his protege, it's a good spot for him to be a little more or have a little more oversight in the creative end of star Wars. I think that that's where really like the reaction this week that I got off of Twitter and whatnot to this was just more so happiness for Dave. Yeah. That he's finally getting the recognition that he should be getting. That we all know him as fans of the Clone Wars, 
series and Rebels and obviously Mandalorian. Know that he's a smart guy and he's good at Star Wars. Yep. So Tyler. So I was digging up on a source in my other window here, so I'm looking off to the left. Um, so it looks like Disney's official statement, and I have one source I'm tracing down, say he's been in the place since mid-2020. So it is over half a year now. And, I mean, for all the grumbling that, you know, that she's in trouble, she gave him the promotion. Exactly. All the paperwork suggests she's the one that promoted him. Yep, yep. And I... Anyone who's going out there suspect, like, alleging that this is like, oh, it was last minute and they just did it. And they're like covering their butts. Like, why would they cover their butts? Actually covering their butts is they is defrauding the investors. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, this probably was done in mid-2020. And just like they were like, oh, my God, there's so much other stuff going on. And someone forgot to update it. Like, just yeah, look yeah, at, you know, like, in that time, pandemic. right? Yeah. yeah, global pandemic. But like, look in that time, too. We had the Mandalorian season two, which blew up, mm-hmm. right? You had the whole Gina Carano distraction. That's happening. a good point. You have you have like Disney's Star Wars executives, and as much as you think that there's like an army of thousands of them, no, it's it's a few people reporting into a corporate structure, right? And these people were frying pretty big fish that whole time on the PR front, as far as you know, the galaxy far, far away. Because, like, like when we were covering it, like, almost every episode was being scrutinized to such a degree. And you had the unveiling of the Boba Fett stuff. And you had that investors meeting with all of the other new Star Wars content. You know what I mean? Like, that, that particular division is literally on fire. So, them forgetting to update a website, to me, is just like, eh. Yeah. I love it. I well, love how that's... Like, at the end of the day, literally, that's the story here. Yeah, I mean, now that you mentioned Gina Carano, too, it probably was like, well, we can't announce it in the middle of this. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, it's going to be, you're just doing this to distract us. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? Like, the best way to handle, like, if you're a, if you're a big company, the best way to handle anything like the Gina Carano situation is just smother it. Just be like, this is what's happened. This is just what's going to happen and just keep the pressure and just don't like engage with anything else and just slowly get it down. Well, and I think a perfect example of that is the fact that as the Dave Filoni news was coming out, we also heard that Rangers of the New Republic has been put on hold. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, the rumor is that Gina Carano's character was supposed to be central to that show and but that's speculation we we you know obviously lucasfilm aren't, aren't going to talk about that um i keep on seeing and you know we we don't talk about rumors or we don't you know source them per se but i keep on seeing the rumor sites going crazy with the speculation that they're trying to reacquire gina much like they did with james gunn and the whole guardians of the galaxy fiasco they're they're now realizing apparently but i don't think that there's anything to it that's why i just no. keep on seeing the headline no i that's, think that it's wishful thinking by people that, that is a lot of the speculator websites yeah not a lot i'm gonna rephrase that i'm gonna walk that back a little a significant portion of speculator websites are just part of this weird right-wing noise machine mm-hmm. that criticizes Shira because they rebooted it for young girls in 2020 19 and apparently that's bad 
and yes. support Gina Carano and like do this whole thing. And they just create a bunch of noise in the yeah. space to keep the outrage going. And I mean, Gina Carano got a movie deal with Ben Shapiro or whoever, and she's going to do some right wing preachy thing that people yep. who don't want politics in their movies are going to eat up. But uh, the, the difference also being like James Gunn, like if you look at it financially, why would they chase Gina Carano? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's, it's easy to recast, right? Like it, it's not it's, like, yeah. honestly, you, you can write around her absence. Like you can create another character with the same types of chops, go out and hire an actress for it. And, install them into the film and, and or the show and no one's going to question it it's just star wars i screw it they could pull a war they could pull the iron man too but i would just recast her yeah eat yeah. shit exactly either you like it or you don't we don't really care yep yeah the the story has to be served not the egos of of these characters it's the whole idea that pedro pascal could go away yeah well someone else will wear the armor Heck, yeah somebody else was wearing the armor for 80 percent of the shoot anyway so what I find, I, I don't see it as a big deal, but I do hear a lot of rumors as well about Brie yeah. Larson oh, coming yeah. into Star That's, Wars and Brie Larson leaving. Anyways, um, so what's interesting about this is that I love, and this goes back to something that we've talked about so many times. And that is, do you guys remember when Clone Wars came out? The reaction and the hatred that Dave Filoni had mm-hmm. against them. I mean, we've talked about this. Star Wars fans are some of the worst fans that exist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime, anytime anyone tries to give you something new, they just shit on it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. It's interesting, yeah, but because yet- I find that fans have kind of been a little more tranquilo, maybe because they trust they fool on you now, but... Phil and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago about Omega in the Bad Batch, and people haven't been absolutely terrible about that new character just yet i've seen i've seen surprisingly high amounts of support yeah which i don't get like i'm not trying to hate on her or anything she no 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 really, but like it's not the really my is, my like, character you know yeah. it's not really someone meant for me and i get that she's meant for somebody else and that's fine she doesn't detract from the show but snips ahsoka uh, was the target of a lot of anger Yep, and now she's the beloved beloved character of Star Wars, and it's kind of funny how all that turned out. It just goes to show you, right? Like, sometimes fan reaction doesn't necessarily um, lead to the best decision-making, you know? Right. Well, yeah. Well, and it's the difference between do you react to the loudest fans or not? Yeah. Because the effort put in to get someone to freak out loudly against something is so much lower than to get someone to freak out loudly in favor of something. Yeah. Exactly. Right. On on top of it all, like really when you when you boil Star Wars down to it, right? When you watch it without <clears throat> those voices, it's much more enjoyable. You do have to actually pull out of that stuff and I do it all the time. Yeah. Because when George Lucas had Luke use the Force to get the lightsaber in Empire Strikes Back, that had never been seen before. And no one freaked out. They just mm-hmm. went Oh wow, he can manipulate the force to move objects. You know what I mean? Like that the, these were all concepts that George unveiled during the films and didn't need to be vetted. That's why I kind of backed off my whole 
Rian Johnson or Ryan Johnson or whatever his name is, I backed down on The Last Jedi anger because you're exactly right, Tyler. You have to just accept that, guess what? It's a fictional universe far, far away a long time ago and stuff happens. Here's the the other side being, for that specifically, just to relitigate briefly, he was looking off of books that had been canonized and people like had not freaked out. And Mm. yeah. Well, yeah. that that book I actually have in my collection is specifically not canon. <laughs> Disney declassified it in 2012. Which one? Uh, it would be the um, the Jedi book. There's a Jedi guidebook. Okay. I have. There's a Bob, there's a bounty hunter one. There's an Imperial yep. officer one with notes from Han Solo. That's where mm. they got the idea for Solo being in the in the Imperial army at some point. And there's a Jedi handbook with notes from Luke. And the Jedi handbook is, is he took it off of a half paragraph. But those all those books are non-canon. Okay. I mean, then they let him run with it. And he said he was based yeah. on that. So Yeah, he did do it, though. But the thing is, with Legends books, yeah. any book that's not canonized, or any show as well, is called Legends. Yeah. And Legends, are you're allowed to draw from them. Disney, don't dissuade you. Yeah. As long as it fits the timeline. So that's why guys like Pablo Hidalgo and whatnot have jobs because they have to vet and fit it all in. Yep. Hmm. So they're like, okay, Thrawn is now no longer heir to the Empire Thrawn in the Timothy Zahn books. Those books are now called Legends. And then Dave goes and takes Thrawn and puts him in Rebels. And yeah. now we get new Thrawn books <laughs> with different yeah. timelines. And the same, and the same Timothy Zahn. The same Timothy's on, (laughs) except he doesn't use sardonic as much. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that is that. We're going to move on. The world returning to normal. Paris, Disneyland, Europe is going to reopen on June the 17th with limited capacity. So that's, that's some good news as well. And it was also announced by WWE that they are going to go back on tour. The tour starts July 16th with a 25 city tour. So that's a very interesting news because, you know, it is in the States. It is indoors. Um, and, uh, you know, They've been getting a lot more pressure from Fox. You know, Fox is a major investor in their TV with the SmackDown Friday Night SmackDown deal, a billion dollars over five years. So they're like, hey, with other sports getting back to normal, you guys should probably speed this up. And clearly they have. No, Very few details have been announced outside of the official announcement that's starting on July 16th. They will be back on tour. So... That's the world returning to normal. We're not going to have a discussion on whether you know you think it's too, f- too fast, um, whether you think it's insane, uh, but you know it just it that, that that's that's where we're at right now. Um, in terms of something that's very interesting, this came by earlier in the week, and it was essentially Sony has filed patent for betting service that could accept Bitcoin or in-game items. Uh, yeah. yeah. So according to a listing on Patent Scope, Sony initially filed the patent in 2019, but has only published it this month. The patent itself suggests a system where viewers of live streamed esports events, such as a fighting game tournaments, would be able to bet on the outcome of matches whilst 
watching the action play out in real time. The system would work via a user interface overlay that could be brought up over the stream in order for users to place their bets. This will allow in-game items, Bitcoin, and other forms of currency. Tyler. Sure, why not? I mean, I'm surprised considering that there is a a committee in the States right now and one in Germany looking into the intersection of gambling and and video games. And Mm -hmm. it looks bad for video games. But sure, why not? And crypto, why not? Sure. Let's just pretend that's a thing that we're just going to keep happening. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, it's bananas. Like, 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 imagine if... This is part of my critique of of cryptocurrency. Is imagine you were Sony, and you, you know, depends how they facilitate these bets, but they're almost definitely taking a cut. Because why Mm -hmm. wouldn't they? Exactly. So, like, why do you want to use a currency that can change its value by ten percent in a day? Mm -hmm. Every day. So, like, you know. Sony's I... sitting here being like, sure, yeah, we made $10,000, and oh, Elon Musk tweeted, and it's now $9,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Crazy. absolutely bananas what's going on with cryptocurrency. Like, that's a whole episode that we're going to be doing because it just the ramifications of things are just insane right now. How one tweet can absolutely destroy the marketplace, but... There's no regulation to it, so it's fine. You know, like it's absolutely crazy right now. I also saw this thing where the Treasury, um, the U.S. Treasury wants cryptocurrency transfers over $10,000 to be reported to the IRS. So here you go. It's starting. Yeah. We're going to try to regulate yeah. it a little bit more. You know, Bitcoin is it's, it's the fucking Wild West. I've, I've never seen anything like this in a really long time. And, you know, it's just... For, for for shit that doesn't exist, that's literally oh. in the ether. Yep. I, I mean, China like, basically said, nope, none of this. And yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised if more governments didn't start doing it. I am selfishly very happy with what's happening right now in the cryptocurrency space, because I was on a high-end um, advisory board on a cryptocurrency thing recently. I'm not going to name names, but I got yeah, yeah. in a fight with a certain person in London who is very pro-cryptocurrency, and I just put out a list of problems with it, and he was like, none of those are problems anymore. And then over the course of the next two weeks, every single thing on my list got triggered, and I was like, well... It's actually funny. Something similar happened on this show when we were talking about NFTs. Um, yeah, <laughs> I went on a rant about NFTs and cryptocurrency and just how bad they are. Let's not even talk about the environment, the environmental ramifications and whatnot, you know, but everything I listed, you literally see happening right now where a douchebag like Elon Musk can send out one tweet, devalue other currencies, increase his own currency that he's invested in. Where the fuck in the world is this humanly possible if this were actual meaningful regulated things like if you have a voice you can literally manipulate the markets in such a way that you become richer that's insane yeah. to me well it, like it's obviously pumping up schemes oh yeah like it's 100%. so obvious like there are multiple online groups who just own that they do pump and dump schemes they're just like yeah. oh yeah yeah you buy in we coordinate we buy it up and we usually do it like before close on a friday and it's it's bananas it, it's crazy to me that a guy like Elon Musk, even beyond Twitter, gets on like a show like 
Saturday Night Live. Well, and why does he get a, a place on Saturday Night Live? Because he's rich. You know what I mean? Because he's a producer. Like he has no real qualifications mm -hmm. and, and and whatnot. And then and then he gets on there and he starts manipulating the market even further. Right? It's just bananas world to me. I'm I'm in awe of just basically it's just privilege. The whole thing, like this whole scheme, is just privilege. It's all well. I'm rich, so therefore I'm going to start trying to become more rich. It's also legal right now, which is one of the biggest problems. Yeah. Right? Like, if you try a pump and dump in the normal market, you probably get caught. Not always, but you can't be this blatant. You have to be more sophisticated about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Only if Bernie Madoff waited another decade, he would not go to jail. Well, <laughs> well Bernie Madoff only got caught because he... Because an o a person with OCD all of a sudden got sent some weird paperwork and then became obsessed with taking Bernie Madoff down. Yeah. And it still took him like seven years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. But like, you know, I to me it's just insane. Like, you know, at the core of it, the technology side of it, the the deregulation of it is something that's a positive, and I see that that that's where it ends but just the way that it's manipulating markets and the way that it can be manipulated itself within its own marketplace to me is just absolutely insane um and one thing that i've been actually noticing and banks have quietly been doing this especially the big banks here in canada is that you're they're not allowing crypto transactions with their own banks yep mm -hmm. so again fascinating yeah. It is I, I know a friend who, who, what he did was he mined Dogecoin years ago. Sure. And he left that place of employment. And one of the people found his digital wallet mm -hmm. and gave it back to him. And he magically got, you know, $1,000 worth of Dogecoin. Yeah. And we were watching the whole thing with Elon. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he... He keeps on coming back to me and goes, I think I'm going to cash out. I think I'm going to cash out. He cashed out at the high. I got to give yeah. him credit. I'm like, wow, good for you. Because it's been tanking and fluctuating since. It's been oh, doing God. well, but it's not as good as it used to be yeah. type thing. And it's just people are starting to call him on on this blatant bullcrap, right? But you're right. I, I think I'm, I'm shocked to shit that there's not more regulation. About Wait, the funds, I, I... the amounts, everything. Well, I mean, let's look at the, the American. So the American government leads the world in financial regulations, and they weren't doing anything for the last four years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I've written on Biden, like him or hate him, he appointed a lady who, like, her life's purpose is to destroy cryptocurrencies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's in the, she's the, she's the, the cabinet for finance, I think. So, like, no, she's taking this down. Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, here's I'm the just thing. surprised we don't see more now, you know. But I guess pandemic. This is what? the one oh time where the deregulation, or I should say, the lack of regulation. You know, people say, "Oh, cryptocurrency is great because it's for the people." Well, guess what? Once Elon fucking Musk got involved, and the likes of him, <laughs> um, you know, it, it became a billionaire's playground. I would argue well before that. Well, I mean, well with, before, between... but it became mainstream, right? Like, this has oh, been going sure. on a lot longer. But yeah, us... well, yeah. 
us common folk never saw this scheme until now. But we've been talking about this for years, Tyler. We've been talking about yep. this for weeks, Phil. Like, like this, this whole, this entire Ponzi scheme that is cryptocurrency. You know, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a bubble. It, it's something that's waiting to get really, really bad. And you know, it's only a handful of people who can actually play in this game. It, yeah. it, it astounds me Mount Gox wasn't the end. Yes. Like, I don't know how anyone stayed after that. Yeah, it's crazy for me. It's like, we'll see. Um, so we started talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the we are, we, I should say, we have been talking about microtransactions in video games for a really long mm-hmm. time. This seems to be a thing. This seems to be kind of like, you know, EA finally had um, documents leaked saying that they push people towards microtransactions. Microtransactions have been a hot topic because, as Tyler mentioned, you know, people are actually starting to take a look at this stuff. Now, let's take this one step further because hashtag USA, Disney's new Spider-Man ride features physical microtransactions. Oh, kiss. <laughs> this is where we're at, guys. So, in this, in this, um, in this ride... At a California park, Disney's California Adventure, there's the Avengers Campus, there's going to be the Spider-Man ride. In it, you can sling regular webs to, like, do shit, but you can spend money to unlock different types of webs. Yeah. Yeah, this has always been a thing at Disney. Disney has that yeah. huge arcade that's had this for ages, just no yeah. one cared. Yeah. I... Uh, I also dislike microtransactions, but like that's Disney's bread and butter. Pay yeah. extra money to get a picture of you at like at the height of the ride. That's a microtransaction. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they it's do just... that at Wonderland. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, pay an extra money to be in the express lane instead of the slow one for getting on rides. That's a microtransaction. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, you're it's right. just like supersize me, right? When you go into McDonald's and you're like. I want me a hamburger. And then they go, do you want a large fry with a hamburger? You know, it's, and you're like, yeah, I do. It's 99 cents to upgrade that to yeah, extra large. 99 cents. Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, microtransaction. And your brain goes, it's not even a dollar. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the whole marketing, you know, manipulation, the, the mental manipulation in the game. Because you know that that price point is going to be so sweet to get the extra goopy spider web. Yep. or whatever oh it, it'll it'll end it'll end in a 97 cents or a 99 cents yeah of course i i can all but guarantee it'll end in one of those two yeah yep. and then you're gonna and then you're gonna be like uh that that really x-rated muppet movie with the silly string <laughs> what Jesus christ this is you a film. Remember thing. that one? <laughs> this is a film. Uh, I'm just, gotta, I'm just saying, man. I, we it sounds weird to me. It sounds weird to me that, <laughs> that, like, this ride. I'm curious to know the experience, but it sounds weird to me that it's about web slinging. I don't know. Like, I, I need to know more about what exactly it achieves, how it's enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, I, I it just sounds weird to me. I love when old man Phil so, starts coming out. Well, Avengers well, stuff sounds cool, right? Being on the Avengers sounds- campus or whatever. That sounds like fun. That sounds like very immersive and cool. 
but the Spider-Man game and then microtransactions in it, or ride, sorry. Says a guy willing to spend thousands of dollars on a real lightsaber. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is, this Disney's always done this. Disney loves doing stuff like yeah. this. Um, I'm not surprised in the slightest. No, I like I also wouldn't be surprised if Disney gets something where it's like, oh, you just have your you get a little RFID. So their bracelet thing or whatever coming out next few years. And that's just your park pass. And if you want, we can tie it to your credit card. So you don't have to carry your wallet around with you. Yeah. When I went to Disney the last time in 2014, that's exactly how it was. Everything was tied to your bracelet. It was absolutely insane. You don't even know what the thing is there. You don't even realize how much you're spending. A hundred percent. They don't want you to realize how much you're spending. Yeah. Yep. Everything there is about like, it's 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 like a casino in terms of like just don't let them think. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's the, absolutely crazy. The 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 crazy part about all that too is that then they get your consumer data, which becomes an item for them. Yeah. Right. They know what you spent on. They monetize. They they refocus stock levels. They 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 profile you. Right, because what was it? One of the one of the um, basketball teams or something. I think gave out in in New York, the Knicks or something gave out jackets to all their season's ticket holders that had an RFID chip in it. Yeah, and you could link it, and then they wanted you to encourage you to buy food and drinks, so that they could basically compile a, a database of how much food and drink are people. You know how to stock their stuff, how to manipulate the price points. The repercussions of that manipulation, you know well, what I mean? Like they can just start testing. I do want to. I do want to push back just a tiny bit, just okay. a tiny bit. If they are changing the price by a flat rate, that's just changing prices. That's not manipulating. Mm-hmm. It would be if they started doing stuff like they're able to do differential pricing. Mm. So that ranges from either. You know, well, this concert we know is a higher, higher price demographic going to it, so we're gonna charge more for all the stuff, and or the the insidious one that I don't think we've ever really seen because I think people would lose their collective shits if you could see it happening. Yeah. But of like, oh, this line pays a buck fifty for a drink, and this line pays a buck sixty. Well, that that's the kind of fear that I have is that type of manipulation, that type of stuff. Or even, you know, when we don't even, when you're talking about not even putting the prices on, hey, look, uh, season's ticket holders, you get 10% off and we've yep. already got this discount for you. And if you mm-hmm. buy three beers, we're going to make them this price for you. And nobody's even going to see it. It's just going to yep. dock out of your account. Sure. You know, it's, it's wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, right? <laughs> I mean, how yeah. do you let them do it and don't let Sony? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's already it's, happening. It is already happening. We have no guarantee that your Steam sales are the same as mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you, in theory, like Sony do it right now. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I know Xbox has for sure. But they come along to you and they send you a message and they say, hey, look. Since you've uh, been such a loyal customer, we're going to give you a $15 credit and stuff like that. They just, you know, in other words, you haven't bought anything in a while. We want you to buy more. <laughs> well, and also, what will it take to get you to buy more? That's yeah, how much Uber do we have does. to do off? 
Uber's yeah. notorious for that. They Everyone give does. You a, yeah, exactly. But that that software is free off the shelf. Like I can just get it from my WordPress website. It takes six clicks. Mm. And then everyone who shops on my site and gives me their information will automatically, I set it up of like, oh yeah, every six months, send an email and a $10 gift certificate. Or, you know, I buy extra and get a more advanced algorithm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, We are going to move on. We're going to be talking about Apple v. Epic. So the Apple CEO, <laughs> Tim Cook, has been facing facing some very tough questions as Epic Games trial wraps up. Um, so essentially, what Tim Cook had, he said a lot of things. But to me, the biggest takeaway was the fact that he says that the 30% that they charge to, and, and I love the fact that they're not even um, bringing up the fact that they have these side deals with other vendors. So, you know, something that they said that they don't do in this trial has been proven a lie. But essentially what Tim Cook said is that, you know, the reason why they don't allow you to go and use your own store. So in this case, you know, the Fortnite store is because he says, I don't walk into Best Buy and put up a sign on the, at the Apple section saying, walk next door to the Apple store and buy it there. It'll be better. It'll be cheaper. Yep. He also says that the 30% that they take is Apple's ROI because they allow you to have these transactions. So because they allow you, they deserve the 30% from you. <sighs> Yeah, this is all right. called gated gardening markets. Yep, for sure. Exactly. Gated garden markets. Garden markets. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a hell of a thing, but um, yeah. So so you know the question then comes up: Where's the competition? Like where, where? Like isn't this exactly what you've been saying for years? What you've gone on Capitol Hill? What you've said for so like for decades, saying that you guys don't do and that's try to monopolize the system. So. That seems to be the biggest takeaway out of this. And, you know, dare I say that things might be looking a little interesting for Apple's future in, in the sense of this fight with Epic? Yeah, I, I think it's got repercussions for Google. I think it's got repercussions for Microsoft. And I think it's got repercussions for Apple, right? That, that's bottom line is that these guys are doing the, these gated garden type things. They've denied it or tried to confuse the marketplace or the regulators in the past. And we all know it's just, it's no different than EA saying that they don't do betting in video games. And yet they do like, you know what I mean? Like they, we all know it and they go on they keep on going up and making these claims on Capitol Hill. And we all know the truth. And that's what's baffling to me is that it seems to be that there's a real lack of political leadership to understand the problem there's a distance between those of us that experience it every day in the products that we use and other people or legislators that don't really focus on that product at all and seem to think that it's not something that they need to worry about because cartoons are for kids you know yep. like tyler says movies aren't political like <laughs> you know what i mean like there's these certain truths that are staring them in the face but they don't want to acknowledge. So they're like, well, come on, kids play video games. 
It's Tyrus actually a little more complicated than that. Ty oh, no, I was double checking my source. It's actually more complicated than that. I, I there was a phenomenal piece I heard recently um, in Politico where they have one of the people who works in the antitrust arm of the government and they have been underfunded and specifically told to stand down. It's not it's not, it, it, I understand where your where guts coming from. And it seemed like that in the 90s. But by the 2000s, 2010s, it was just they were not investigating companies that made big donor, like made, were big donors. And, you know, I, yeah, oh, that, that is completely legit, right? I'm yeah. just going by the snippets of court hearings and, you know, the, the outrage that the political figures walk away with, like, how is this happening? I wasn't aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, those are headlines and yeah, they're overly simplified for sure. I mean, I, I mean, it's easy to say, I didn't know. And then, you know, like the antitrust wing has been calling for like the antitrust thing has been calling for this, but yeah, basically ever since the Microsoft hearings for the antitrust since yeah. then, a good chunk of every major tech company just goes towards lobbying to not be, not be declared a monopoly. Yep. And yep. And, and like Bush was bad for this. Obama was bad for this. Trump was bad for this. Biden is finally looking like he might be like, let's just pour some money in antitrust and see what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. What's interesting, hoping. though, is that Apple was able to kind of change this from a case where Epic didn't want to pay the 30 percent and we find out about secret deals and kind of turn it into this war of competing app stores. Apple was essentially able to turn this court case into something else, at least in the public eye. You know, um, one of the things that Tim Cook said is that in a world with competing app stores with iOS and Apple, he says, and I quote, Apple would have to differentiate in some way. I don't know what we would do. Oh, poor baby. You're fucking Apple. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah, I mean, this this court case is fascinating because it is very public and mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff happening. I mean, part of why so much of the reporting seems weird and disjointed is because, like, this case is serving two masters at the same time of it's mm -hmm. both trying to actually win the case and trying to play well in public. And those are two very different tasks because stuff will happen. Like people were people early on were like, why are they asking people all these stupid questions? And it's because that's how you just, that's how you discredit a witness. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Because Apple was trying to make the entire game industry look corrupt as fuck. Why else would we find out that Nintendo uh, absolutely does not want any of their partners working with the Yakuza? Because they, Apple is trying to make the gaming industry look shady as fuck. It's interesting. It's so interesting. And I can't wait. So we're expecting a, um, a verdict around the August 13th time frame, and we will for sure be talking about that then, and we'll kind of break down what the hell is in store, because there's just so, so many things that can happen depending on which way this goes. Uh, so we are going to move on. We're going to be talking about collecting. So one of the things that I've been watching a lot is the Pokemon card fiasco. I feel like I'm however old again. I never collected them. Right now, they are hotter than ever. And it seems like maybe it's because people are 
bored. They have nothing better to do but to invest and think that something is going to come back and, you know, get that ROI. Uh, but collecting seems to have really been uh, one of the hobbies that people have taken on. Look at even trading cards, like for sports, sports trading cards. That entire business has taken off. We're not even talking about the NFT world right now. We're just talking about the physical <laughs> trading cards. Um, but one of the things that I've been noticing more and more is like, well, first off, people literally getting shot at Walmarts and Targets over Pokemon cards and Walmart and Target removing Pokemon cards, not the guns. That's one thing. <laughs> number two, I know, I know. But they don't want NRA two, coming after them. Exactly. Yeah, I know. But yeah. here's the thing, and I'm sure we lost 10 listeners over that comment, but here's sure. the other thing. Um, collecting. These cards are meant to be for kids, for kids to enjoy, for kids to do stuff. And I know you're going, eh, right now, Tyler. At the core of it, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it fucking is. You can't say it's not, but it's taken on a new thing. Like, it's it's not for kids anymore it's for collectors it seems to be for for someone who wants to get a buck back um you know at the core of it that's what it was way back when but over time even back then things have changed collecting in general has kind of like taken this whole new beast especially with things like pokemon cards where you have people like one of the fucking paul kids on youtube making thousands of dollars with their fucking card decks um but you know, I, I, what I'm trying to basically ask is, you know, where do you see collecting going? Do you see collecting kind of, you know, taking the fun, sucking the fun out of something that was meant for children? I mean, there's two sides to this. The first side is the market is actually starting to collapse. Oh, yeah. um, we're seeing it, broadly speaking, in comics right now. Like, if you bought ENIAC number one brand new, and let's say you wanted to sell it because you weren't a store, you weren't violating any bad idea rules, and you want eBay on it. When it first came out, you probably could have made a grand. And now you'd have difficulty selling it for 200 bucks. Yep. And, like, that's a very limited comic. I, I don't have the exact numbers, but there's not a ton of them. Um, Bad Idea had a recent one called Caligula's Safe that literally you were only able to buy for one day. Yep. Um, oh we're, we're still waiting for finalized numbers and how many there are, but there can't be that many out in the world. Because it's, it's limited stores can get them. Stores could only order as much as people they had who had already ordered Bad Idea comics. And, you, and stores have to destroy everyone not sold on that day. Yeah. So, like, it's designed to be this very artificial thing, and they're at, they're 30 bucks. Yep. And you're seeing it happen with Pokemon cards of, like, the, the, the companies just reprint them now. Because why wouldn't... Like, if you're, if you're the Pokemon card game company, you're buying boosters. You just keep printing. Yep. Why would you stop? Yeah. And yep. what we're seeing now is it's only the sets that are, like, bananas out of print are holding value. Yeah. Or are gaining value. This and is no even that. This yeah. is no different than the comic industry of the early nineties. Like oh, everyone exactly and their mother has X Force number one. Everyone and their mother has X Men number one. The Jim Lee yep. cover, you know. Yep. Like it's yep. it's the sh spawn number one. Shit, worthless. Worth it's worth. I think it's worth ten bucks. Yeah, exactly. Enough have been destroyed now <laughs> yeah. because people are like, this is worth nothing. Yep. 
That's why I'm keeping mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm holding on to my seven copies of X Force number one. Oh God, <laughs> in the bag with the card. Oh, Come on, it. man. No, yeah. it, it's I don't know. There's collecting. I collect, obviously. I collect my stuff, but I also enjoy it. So if, I don't feel remorseful about it. I do if, have certain things that I put away. <laughs> if I may, yes. I would argue there's a difference between collecting and alternative asset investment. Yes. And what we are seeing yeah. right now is part of a larger explosion of alternate, of alternate asset investment. Um, yes. This has long been a thing that very rich people Whereas you buy part of a racehorse and or you buy painting that then like you leave it at the museum or whatever. It's, it's buying bananas expensive things because certain rare things uh, appreciate better if you can afford that bananas price, right? Like if you can afford $14 million to buy a Van Gogh, you're not losing that money. Yeah, right. Like that money's not, you're, you're going to be able to get your money back. There's, there's not going to be a new Van Gogh coming out anytime soon. So Exactly. So we, we NFTs and this and a bunch of other stuff have been buoyed in part by there's a lack of good investment options right now. Like speaking broadly, the market's been weird for a while. Um, cryptocurrencies are part of it. But as we said, your stuff can drop 10% in a day. Yep. Look at NFTs. Um, like. NFTs were like NFTs were hot and then almost gone for that very reason of mm-hmm. like people just wanted alternate assets and there's so many people with so much time and when I say so much money here I mean there's a lot of money in the system it, yes mm-hmm. not that it's certain people with a lot of money like it's it's the difference between this and other ones is it's not a hundred people with a million dollars each. It's a million people with a thousand dollars each. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that causes more. That causes faster appreciation than fewer people with more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen? And a trend that I've been noticing more is people yeah. kind of going, um, buddying up or, or whatever, and having a share of a comic. Or a share of a of of whatever, right? So you know, ten people might own Action Comics number one or something like that. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are services online that yeah. you can buy into, like huge art pieces, for example. Um, there's a company called Masterworks who I don't work with, and I did a review of them, and I was it had too many red flags for me. But you're able to buy shares in Van Gogh's and in Jackson Pollock's and stuff. Interesting. I I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if you if you wanted to get involved in one of those things, I would make sure you talk to a lawyer about what that contract says. Mm-hmm. Because if I were a sketchy person who wanted to take advantage of some people, or the potential to, um, you can... There's a difference between joint ownership and common ownership. Yes. Where, depending on your jurisdiction, the difference is, and it's going to depend on your jurisdiction and a million other factors, but talk to your lawyer. But you could set it up. So let's say Boris, Phil, and I bought Amazing fant- like Fantasy, what is Amazing Comics, Amazing Fantasy, number 15? 16. 16. We all went in. Um, one way is if if I happen to pass, 15, along, pass away, 15, pass away, perish the thought, one version is 
my third goes into my estate, and then my next of kin or whoever I said gets it. The other mm-hmm. one is is if I die, if I pass away, my third gets split evenly between Boris and Phil, and then they yep. each have half now, and my estate gets nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've I've seen some art, interesting articles about stuff like that. Um, yeah. Now I, that we're I, talking, I just... sorry, it sounds like a Big Bang Theory in the time machine. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> who exactly... who gets that comic this week? Who gets yeah. it? Exactly. Um, here's the thing also with NFTs, now that we're talking about collecting, we're going to talk about NFTs and something interesting seems to be happening where a lot of viral video, viral videos seem to be being sold as NFTs. But part of the deal is that those videos are going to be removed from YouTube. That's now, some of them recently. That's not a, that's not a widely required thing. No, it, it's it's a new thing that seems to be happening to try to make these NFTs actually um, worth something, right? Sure. But here's the thing. If you remove it from YouTube, I know that there's still a digital trace and copies of it in other places, but yeah. even if you own it, like, w- like, what are the implications? Okay, I get the NFT of, of viral video A. If I see daily motion with viral video A, can I tell them to bring it down? For the NFT alone? No. They'd have to sell exactly. you the copyright to the video as well. Exactly. And buying the NFT does not necessarily get you the copyright. Exactly. Exactly. So Cat can still has cheeseburger. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, like, so many of those memes, I think, technically count as abandoned now. Yeah. I don't know. Meme memes and IP law are weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole space is very confusing to old man Phil. But I I get it in the one sense. Boris and I have been on a journey of discovery about this. But there are so many things that I'm just like exactly that. I don't know what the repercussions actually are of owning an NFT and this whole idea that someone owns it, then they take it away from a part of the internet. So that person can then what go home and watch it on their phone yeah. and be like, no one else can see this. <laughs> yeah. It's I just, win. It's such an interesting, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's, I get it, but you have to be so careful because there seems to be so much, um, you know, uh, small print around all of this stuff that you could be literally throwing your money into owning something that you won't be able to actually monetize. Yep. It's yeah. just kind of like the the it's... proverbial golden star, you know? It's like that app that got banned because it was 10,000 bucks or something like that on the app store and one person actually bought it and it was just like, hey, look how rich I am. I have this app. Yep. Sure. Well, it's the Wild West, much like the App Store was at that time. And Apple or Google or whoever couldn't pre-anticipate the stupidity that would and the fandom that would bl- uh, like bloom into it. So then they had to regulate it. It's the same thing with NFTs right now, as far as I can tell. It's just there's a bunch of really bad potential outcomes, but they're not really regulating it yet. They're not really trying to apply law to it you know all this stuff it's it's going to come down to a court case that's going to define and set a precedence where this is what you can do with an nft and this is what you can't 
Yep. Exactly. It's not. All right. We have one more thing to talk about. And to me, it's a very interesting news story. And that is the future of Netflix. And what the fuck is Netflix going to be doing, <laughs> if anything, in the gaming industry? They seem to be looking for a head of a new gaming division and while you may think that they're going to be getting into the cloud gaming system as we learned through apple v epic walmart was taking a look at this so some people just automatically assumed that netflix was going to pick up where walmart left off but this seems to be more of a gamification of their content in netflix so not only will this division be partnering up with indie developers creating mini games and whatnot we've seen the mini games with stranger things and shows like that but it's also to create more interactive content within netflix so like the black mirror movie or episode like the um unstoppable kimmy schmidt episodes you know stuff like that where you have Pick your, choose your own adventures and whatnot. Um, so it seems to be the gamification of Netflix content um, rather than, you know, being the next Stadia or Walmart Gaming, as we learned that they were even debating. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. And it just goes to show you that, you know, Netflix is kind of having to think out of the box. They're not going to be like the blockbuster because now tech companies absolutely have to innovate without innovation. Even if you're not throwing money into R&D, you know, even if nothing comes out of your R&D, uh, so no D uh, then and, and all R then, you know, your investors are going to get upset, the analysts are going to get upset, and your stock price is going to go down. So if you at least have the optics of um, doing R&D and innovation, things are going to be okay. So this could be a bunch of smoke and mirrors, or this could actually lead to new interesting developments for Netflix. Tyler, what do you think of all this? It's interesting. I mean, we're in this larger situation where media more than ever is becoming it's not about a specific market you're in it's just the attention market. yeah and yeah that's yeah. what it is i yeah. they, they you know i don't know if this is what gets netflix predictably making money but they think it will well it's a big industry right as we always mm -hmm. discuss and <clears throat> whether the approach is to get in on a cloud gaming type of service, considering they probably have a backbone that's able to deliver on that, or at least knowledge of the technology needed to do it well. But this whole idea of gamifying your content or having a more interactive thing. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's good press, like Boris has pointed out, but I, I, I can also see it going absolutely nowhere. Oh yeah, 100%. And, you know, like acquiring this guy and this guy basically comes back with, well, we can do these four different types of things. And each one of them is just a pass, right? It wouldn't be unheard of, but that's the thing, right? So, and it goes back to kind of my original statement was it could be smoke and mirrors in the sense that uh, Netflix is literally doing this just to appease analysts and investors. Doesn't mean that anything is going to come out of this. It just means that, look, we're innovating, we are a good company thinking forward, moving things forward, progress, progress, <laughs> progress, progress, right? Like, yeah. you know, this is how the tech industry works. This is how the market works now. If you're not showing 
any 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 anything that you're moving forward, then analysts are gonna go bullish on you. Yeah. That's that's a really cynical take, but it's it's got truth. It's the reality <laughs> of, of things now, right? Like this is just how things work. Yeah. Unfortunately, right? Everything is to appease the analysts. Everything is to like the optics of of stuff as opposed to you actually doing things like we you know like we've talked about like if your company has you know isn't the black making money but you don't make as much as the analysts predicted you can still get in shit in the marketplace yay modern day capitalism (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for that i kept talking and talking because i was just waiting for you to say that Look, I mean, it's the it's the McKinsey factor, right? Of of let's create these ongoing jobs for all these analysts, and like you said, it makes no sense that you can get fired for like we were super successful, yeah, but not quite enough. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, though, right? In sales jobs that I've had in the past. Yeah. All right. So. You're sitting there, and I hate the words, we're the fastest growing company in Canada or in this marketplace and things like that, because it just means that they have no idea what their limiters are. All right? They just see money's cropping up everywhere. So you go in there, and you go, okay, sell these widgets, and you got to sell 100 of them this month. Sell 100 widgets. Let's say you sell 110. Then they say, oh, guess what? Next month, sell 1,000. Right. It's like you, you tackled that. We didn't think you could. Now the number just keeps on going up and you yep. keep on looking at your sales targets. And it's like, this is insane. Like you told me to sell $5,000 worth of product and then I sold $10,000 worth of product. And, but now you say, Oh no, nope, sell 25,000. Yeah. Yeah. hundred thousand. It just exponentially increases every month or every, every review period. Until you can't. And then Until you can't, and then you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> like it's messed up. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So, I think that's it, guys. I think we've reached the limit. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, from Tyler. Old. No. Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. And Phil, <laughs> you can keep yelling at clouds when you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us. All right. Obviously, we've got some juicy morsels in that episode that you might want to contact us about and if you're looking to track us down you can find us on the internet at www.itscanonpodcast.com you can look for us on instagram twitter and facebook at it's canon podcast you can email us at show at it's canonpodcast.com you can subscribe via apple podcast spotify stitcher anywhere you find podcasts you're going to find the it's canon podcast and with that being said please be sure to subscribe so you can get notified about all the crazy episodes and uh, leave a rate and review if possible on your platform. Thanks, Phil. As always, I want to thank all of our listeners, whether you've listened to us the first time or the thousandth time. I want to thank you. Thank you for leaving comments. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for everything. Um, and Tyler, welcome back at least for now until you're hey. gone again, but it's been fun. Um, and yeah, we will have a midweek episode where we talk about all of the reviews, all of the things, all of the all of the stuff that we've been watching, playing, and whatnot. Because it's the It's Getting Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything geek, 
the podcast where we talk about everything pop culture, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything because it's all in canon. He's Tyler. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Goodbye.